In the New International Version, in 1 Corinthians 15.58, Paul writes, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Everyone, my name is Christian Ashley. I am a seminary student and a servant of God, and you are listening to the Let Nothing Move You podcast. Thank you all for showing up for our first episode, or technically our zero episode here, where I will be discussing like what this is about, what's going on. But I would first like to discuss that verse a little bit before we go anywhere else. In the context of 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to the Church of Corinth. And these people are some of the biggest screw-ups you have ever heard of in your life. And yet, Paul takes the time to lovingly discipline them and encourage them as he writes his letter. And this is part of that final encouragement. In context, he is speaking of Christ resurrecting us all at the end of time, whenever that occurs. And this moment here is to embolden them. Like, look, all you're going through is going to be worth something. Let nothing move you. Let nothing keep you away from what is true, what is right, because of what you will receive in the end. Not because that's why we do what we do, but because it reminds us of where we're headed, thanks to Christ coming into our lives and saving us. So after all this, uh, to my Uh, comic friends out there, especially my Marvel friends, you may recognize there's a a similar speech to this given in The Amazing Spider-Man 537. This is during the events of the Civil War. And to my MCU fans, uh, I believe Sharon Carter is the one who gives a similar speech to this. Originally attributed to Mark Twain, and has been changed for Captain America, talking specifically about the Registration Act to Spider-Man. Captain America says... Doesn't matter what the press says. Doesn't matter what the politicians or the mobs say. Doesn't matter if the whole country decides that something wrong is something right. This nation was founded on one principle above all else. The requirement that we stand up for for what we believe, no matter the odds or the consequences. When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move. It's essentially not exactly a one-to-one, but it's very similar to what Paul is telling us in 1 Corinthians. It is that idea, remain planted where you are if you are in the truth. Now, if I am doing my job correctly as a teacher, I will be standing at the river of truth leading you that way. I'm human. I'm going to screw up. It's just what it is. But one of the things I am always aware of when teaching is that It is my responsibility to look out for others and to make sure that what I say is true. And as a result, what you would eventually say, based on what I've said, would be true as well. So with all that in mind, let's get it out of the way. This is episode zero of the Let Nothing Move You podcast. And I'm so happy you're here listening to this. I've been trying to do this for months. I finally had the time. I'm finally committing to it. I'm going to be recording this episode today. I'm going to take a bit of a break, and I'm going to go on episode one, which I'll eventually reveal what we're doing with that as we go along. So I do have a couple of questions prepared for this that I'm sure most of you have. Uh, if you're very interested in like what an episode zero does, like much, much like a session zero in 
any uh, RPG you play, like D&D, like this is setting the rules, this is setting the boundaries, helping you understand why we're here and what we're going to be doing. So my first question, simple enough, who are you? <laughs> who? How do I justify myself to the world? Well, like I said before, my name is Christian Ashley. I grew up in the church. Uh, I've been there uh, the vast majority of my life. I had two very loving parents who made sure that we were there every Sunday. And not only just because we had to be there, but because they were intentionally attempting to teach all of us. I have three other siblings about who God was, who Jesus was, who the Holy Spirit was, and what they all as one wanted for me to do with them. And uh, credit to the both of them. Uh, my dad was the one who helped lead me to faith when I was around six. I got baptized the following year. And as much as a six-year-old child can understand what he's getting into, I gave my heart to Christ. And that's not one of those where I think, you know, I did it you know, illegitimately or like I did it later on. I've had a couple of, uh, you know, we have all had those moments of recommitting our life to Christ or like saying we're doing it for the first time. But I'm absolutely sure it was in that moment when I was six years old. That's when it happened. I was his from that moment on. Now, after that, continued growing up in the church, had a really great group of friends of, to this day, very godly men. I'm still in contact with most of them, uh, even though we are very apart now distance-wise, that without them being in my life, like things would not have been as good as they were growing up, you know, because I mean, hate to say it, but life sucks sometimes. And I know there are some people in the audience right now, you're already clutching your pearls. Let me encourage you, let go. You can say the word sucks. My mother is probably upset at me right now, but that's okay. She's going to forgive me because I'm the favorite of her and dad. And you can take that to the bank. <laughs> but life, life gets in the way. And part of life getting in the way was me getting in the way of my life at that age. And I'll get to that in a moment. But as I grew up, I had a really great pastor helping me out there. As well as, sorry, I hope that didn't go in there. I think I may have been able to pause it in time. Had a little bit of a coughing fit, so that's wonderful. Uh, we'll get to the editing part later on of what I'm not able to do. So that may be a little preview of things to come or things not to come, as it were. So I believe I was talking about my pastor. He's basically been a second dad to me, has always watched over me, answered any questions I had. A tremendously great man. Uh, the assistant pastor there as well at my church uh, was a tremendous influence very well-spoken, very kind man. Then I had my youth pastor as well. That man was always, always had my back, always taught really well in a way that uh, at that age, you can really understand. And of course, I had several small group leaders who were tremendously effective in pouring into my life and showing me who God was and what he wanted from me. So I'm very grateful of them. Of course, my parents continued as well. But one of the turning points in my life at that time was that I first started feeling the call to ministry. And let me tell you, I was not happy with that. I didn't know exactly what he wanted me to do. I still don't know today, little spoilers. But I felt that call... And I ran as fast as I could without leaving the church in the other direction. 
pouring my life elsewhere, serving elsewhere, you know, even for a time when I get to college, like uh, I, for two years, did not attend church. I told my family I did because, you know, you didn't want them to worry, but I was convinced I could be the lone wolf Christian and do whatever I wanted, <laughs> which we all know is patently false. And if you don't know, now you know. Uh, we can't do this alone as much as I want that to be true. As mis- misanthropic as I can be sometimes, we need people. I need people. God made us all to be social creatures. But what I did learn is eventually when I was invited to go to church, I rekindled my love for God. I had a really good group of friends there as well who all all encouraging, uh, even despite ourselves sometimes. We were able to work and figure out how to live life together, how to love one another to a point where we still, most of us, meet up every year to you know have fellowship together and just enjoy each other's company and play games it's a wonderful beautiful thing that i'm very very grateful for but along the way like i got out of college i got my degree in creative writing with a minor in english and now you're asking christian are you using your degree right now (laughs) well uh, in the context of having a job no but as writing yes because uh, I'm currently in seminary. I'll get to that in a moment. But I attempted to find a job somewhere in the writing field that failed completely and utterly. It was awful. Trying to find an agent is one of the worst things in the world, especially with automated responses to your le- your query letters. Like, you either know somebody or you don't. Or you get lucky, and I'm someone who doesn't believe in luck. So I know, for, I know now... Probably God was saying, you're not getting this because you want this and I want you elsewhere. So along the way, uh, going back home, having to do uh, and work in jobs that I didn't want to be a part of. But he put me there anyway. It gave me the money. It gave me the ability to do things I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. I finally had that moment, that come to Jesus moment of you are running. Stop. I'm going to put as many brick walls as I can in front of your face before you realize you're getting hurt. (laughs) And it was in that moment, finally in humbleness, I said, okay, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to go to seminary. Now, if you know me, I'm one of those people. I want that 50 step plan. I want to know, okay, this is step one, step two, and eventually step 17, so on and so forth. This is how things are going to get done. As I'm sure most of you know, God doesn't always work like that. In fact, most of the time, no. We're lucky if we get step one or step two. And that's infuriating. But, as my pastor reminded me, he gave you step one. What are you going to do with that? So I said, okay. Started looking at seminaries. I checked out Southwestern. I wanted to get away from home because I had been using that as a crutch. Most definitely. All that time. And eventually found Southern, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Uh, Fell in love when I was taking the tour. Just this one word kept repeating in my mind. It was just like mission-minded. And I just felt like this is where I need to be. So I've been here. This would be my second semester as of this recording. I'm really enjoying it here. I'm being challenged in a way I really need to be. It's very amazing. I love it so much. And 
I'm just so grateful to have this opportunity for something that I've been denying for so long. So uh, the question then becomes, like, what are you in here for, Christian? And my answer is, I don't know. <laughs> Whether it could be for a preaching role, it could be an assistant pastor, uh, it could be apologetics, it could be teaching collegiately, which God help me if that happens. For what have you, I know it's not worship ministry, I can give you that much. You don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> Unless I'm being drowned out by everyone else at the church. Then it's a wonderful, beautiful, joyous noise brought up to the Lord. Otherwise, uh, you're better off not. But as of right now, I'm just in the Christian ministry MDiv program. So hopefully along the way, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to, he's going to tell me the reason I'm here, what I'll be doing. So that's that. For that first question, now to move on to our second question, what is my denominational background? Well, my good friends, I am a have always lived in a house, Southern Baptist, uh, for the most, well, always is the wrong word, for the mo- vast majority of the time, Southern Baptist. This is how we are. Uh, I am continuing to be in that right now, obviously up the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. I've got to align a little bit with where I'm at. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm really at the wrong place. So, I mean, I have explored other denominations before. I've been to Lutheran services. I have been to Greek Orthodox services, Anglican. Uh, let's see, where else? Methodist, Wesleyan, what have you, all this time. But I always come back here, even though in my heart of hearts, I want to label myself a non-denominational a Christian. Now, what does that mean? That basically means I'm a Baptist who doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> F with the old joke right there. And a part of that comes from, I, I don't like being, uh, you saying that out loud, and then there being certain things people can go, oh, well, you're, you believe this, or oh, you're going, you're part of that church, the church that split away because they wanted slaves. And yes, if you look into Southern Baptist history, that is definitely something that happened and something that a lot of work has had to be done to course correct and say, look, that's how we started. Here's how we ended up a lot better than where we were at the start. And it's just one of those ugly parts of history. It happens all the time. Like even with Protestantism in general, I mean, you look at some of the things Martin Luther had to say about uh, the Jewish people, not uh, the kindest man in the world when it came to them. In fact, in an age where most everyone was anti-Semitic, he came off incredibly worse than some of them. But that's where I'm at. So for the sake of an answer, uh, Southern Baptist would be the answer I would offer all of you. Next question would be, so Christian, what do you hope to achieve with this podcast? What What's the purpose behind having let nothing move you? And to that, I say that is an excellent question because that's something I wrestled with for a while. It's like, well, what do I hope to achieve with this? What? Why would I even do this in the first place? And my answer is, one of my spiritual gifts is teaching. Uh, it's something I honed over the years, something I really enjoy doing. Uh, it's just one of those things that I've always been, it's not something that easily comes to me, but something I've always been able to do extremely well. I had a great time before I left to come up here to Louisville, Kentucky. I, I had a small group there. I was leading them, uh, chapter by chapter through the Bible. We had stopped in 1 Samuel. 
and I left off right there, and I haven't taught since. And it really irked me, because I really enjoyed doing that, but I needed to leave. But I wasn't able to do that, because i got to establish myself elsewhere. I can't just show up at church one day and say, hey, look, I am qualified to be a teacher, yes, so you should make me one of your small group leaders. That's not how things should go. And I would hopefully never do that, even with my immense pride and egotistical outlooks. So how else to do that? Well, what better way than with a captive audience? (laughs) And not so captive as you can turn this off at any time you please. But uh, I have several other friends who work as Christian podcasters, and they're able to reach plenty of people across, you know, uh, the internet all over the world. It's like, well... I can do that. I know how to teach. I don't know how to edit things. I'll get to that once again later on. But I am able, for the most part, to say what the Word of God is, how it applies to us, and how it can help us. So my my goal, the thing I really hope to achieve with this, is that I'm able to teach on what the Bible really has to say, and not only to those who don't know God and that they can hopefully one day come to Him, maybe even through this, but also for those who already serve him so that we can have a better understanding of the most important book in the entire history of the world and how it applies to our lives, even now. So that grand mission statement to say, I want us all to know what we're talking about. And there's a lot of people out there who have very bad takes. And I am hoping I am never one of those people. So that's it for that. So I'm going to be teaching Bible. I'll be starting with that. Well, my good friend, thank you for asking. I'm going to be starting with the Gospel of Luke. It is my favorite gospel. I love reading through it. I love the way Luke has a talent for history and culture and uh, not geology, uh, geography of the regions he's talking about. I think it's easily, like I said, my favorite gospel written out of the four. Normally, I would do John, however, to be easy <laughs> to be easy on you and to be easy on me, I did not want to start with John 1 having to off the bat talk about the Trinity. <laughs> and I say that as someone who just took a Systematic Theology 1 class, covered the Trinity a little bit there. My eyes kind of glazed over, might have been some blood gushing out, who knows. It's one of those things we're never going to fully understand. But like I said, it's not something I'd want to avoid because I definitely do want to discuss the Trinity and what it all means. But starting off with it right off the bat with uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Um, No, thank you. Uh, But we will get there one day eventually. And the Trinity is one of the most important facets we need to discuss. But like I said, not starting off. But the next one after Luke I want to discuss is Romans. Is I believe Romans is one of those books that Paul I mean, doesn't list out every single topic that can ever come up, but he lists off a bunch that we as Christians definitely need to be able to understand and to be able to talk about to others around us. So starting off Luke, then Romans, and then I'm going to start with Genesis, and we're going to go from Genesis to Exodus and so on and so forth until we get to the end. Will this podcast last that long? Who knows? It's lasting as long as it is, and I'm grateful for it. So that's it for that. Now, I know some of you ask you, like, well, why specifically, Christian, would you want to do 
you know, uh, talking chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Well, simply put, I mean, that's how I like doing it. It's, it feels to me the way to get into the topics at hand uh, a lot better than if we jumble around and go to different books of the Bible over and over again. Like, that is good teaching. People can do that. And I have had a lot of really good pastors who are able to do that and just, you know, here's our topic for discussion. And they move on to a different topic of discussion and they're able to flow well, they're able to understand the topics well, and then teach correctly on those same topics. That's not me. I like going verse by verse. Let's go. We know the context from before, but I want to start it with the gospels and I want to start with Luke. So that's where we are with that. Next up, what translation will I be primarily using? Now, I know I started off with the NIV, and that's because I prefer the translation for that particular verse. But as most of my classes here uh, teach through ESV, I will be using my ESV study Bible for this. I will occasionally bring in other translations because, like, I don't want to show favoritism. There's not really particularly one translation I like more than the others. I've mostly used my entire life the NLT. Uh, that's recently changed to the ESV uh, because of class, but... Like I said, I'm not a King's James only. I'm not a NIV or NLT or the message or what have you. Like, if you want to follow along with what I will be reading primarily, uh, bring your ESVs into this. Which, in mind of all of that, do I have any favorite biblical scholars? And I narrowed it down to three. There's a lot more than this to look out there. But here's some of the easier ones to get to, in my opinion. Of course, the biggest one being C.S. Lewis. I love that man. When he converted, that was one of the greatest parts of Christian history, in my opinion. Allowing us to get into his mind was one of the greatest things God ever did to help us understand certain theological matters. Mere Christianity is one of my favorite books, even into his fiction as well, with the Space Trilogy and the Chronicles of Narnia and the Screw Tape Letters. Like the man was built to write, and I am immensely appreciative of it. But that's uh, C.S. Lewis. My next up would be St. Augustine or Augustine or however the heck you want to say his name. That man is for a reason considered one of the early church fathers that formed our thinking on theology of how this world works, how creation works, how God relates to us. Check him out. City of God. Excellent. The man just has a way with words I'm very appreciative of. And another one I would also bring up would be Thomas Aquinas. And this one's a little more selfish on my end because Thomas Aquinas is one of those uh, church fathers who actually talks about the paranormal and supernatural and not quite cryptozoology, but it's close enough for my tastes. And I'm huge on all three of those things. So I like a man who asks those questions and then brings, for the most part, good answers. I don't always one-to-one align with him on certain matters, obviously being a Protestant and all, but... The man knows how to write. He knows how to think. He knows how to get those words to you. Definitely check out uh, Thomas Aquinas. Good stuff uh, all day coming from him. So next question up on the docket. And this is a very important question, so I really hope I don't screw this up. (laughs) What are my thoughts on biblical inerrancy and infallibility? It's a lot to unpack there. I'm going to try and make it as simple as possible for those who do don't know exactly what I mean by those. In simplest terms, <clears throat> inerrancy is the Bible is without flaw. 
like totally across the board. Uh, there is nothing wrong with the Bible as we have it written right now. Uh, is it going to be your ultra conservative definition of that term? Next up, infallibility is that whenever the Bible speaks on spiritual matters and rules, it is always correct. So that means, you know, there may be a mistranslation here or what have you. But when it talks specifically about this, you know, do not steal, do not commit adultery, what have you, that is always true. That's always going to be true. So those are the simplest ways I can put that. If I screwed up any definition, like please feel uh, feel free to reach out. I'm going to give an email uh, later on in this uh, episode zero. But what does that all mean for me? Look, I believe that God's original world, excuse me, original word is completely without flaw. But when we translate into other languages, we lose some of the nuance of the original. But that in itself does not make a translation worthless. As someone who is currently studying Hebrew syntax and exegesis, thank you for my professor, who is one of the kindest people in the world, who knows how dumb I am in this regard, and yet still lovingly has not failed me, even though there's a lot of things out there to say I deserve that. What we lose moving from language to language is immense because there are cultural meanings. There are specific words that have put in a specific way. They have to mean this, that we lose when we go into English. Uh, even with Greek as well. I'll be studying Greek next semester. Uh, once, Hopefully I pass my final Hebrew class. And there's plenty there we're going to miss if we go from Greek to English. I can think specifically of love. And the many words the Greeks had for love. And we just write love in English. Well, that can mean anything. And we're not talking about uh, familial love. We're not talk talking about unconditional love. We just say love and just move on with our lives while we're missing some of the original intent. Another thing, too, especially with Hebrew, is that we don't know what certain words mean. And I'm sure most of us, the first word that comes to mind is selah. Now, that's probably not going to be a game changer if we learn what selah actually means. But for all of us, it's like, oh, I see that word. What does it mean? Oh, we don't know <laughs> how frustrating that is. So, and some things uh, translators have had to do with certain words. We don't know what they mean. Uh, they just had to make something up. And I'm not saying that makes them invalid. I'm saying that that's why we had the footnotes at the bottom saying, hey, we're not entirely certain what this Hebrew word means. So we wrote this instead. And that's something we definitely need to have. But I, as a, on a whole, I don't think any of this makes the Bible any less true. But... I am way open to hearing from others who feel differently on this topic. Like, this is my job. My job is not to say what I, Christian Ashley, say is always true and you should listen to me. My goal is not only to teach, but to make you go out and learn for yourself and say, hmm, well, he said this, but when I read it, I come to this conclusion. And some of those times, we could both, I mean, you could be right and I could be wrong. And others, probably not. So when it comes to inerrancy and infallibility, I know I've really made some people mad that I don't 100% agree ultra-conservative with where they align. So whatever, that's where I'm at. And speaking of uh, issues that regard conservatives and liberals, how will you be handling political issues on the podcast? Well, my good friends, it is my hope that I can be as apolitical as possible on this. I do like talking politics. I do like talking 
uh, about certain issues, but this is not my goal. This is not an American. I I mean, it's going to be American based because I'm from America, but like some of you don't care because you're not from here and you don't have to care. Just like, I don't care about what's happening with New Zealand's, you know, prime minister or what have you, or, you know, Kiribati or whatever. It's okay. My goal here is not to be, you should believe what I believe politically, because that's not why I'm here. I'm here to teach about God and what he desires from all of us. But I'm not going to shy away from political debates either. Like, we need to discuss things. I mean, specifically, uh, I'm thinking, uh, as for myself, I am not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Libertarian or a member of the Green Party or what have you. I'm a registered independent. And that's for the simple fact that even when I was at my most jingoistic at 18, I recognized the fact that the Republican Party didn't 100% align with me and how I saw what Jesus Christ wanted for the world. And I most definitely saw that the Democratic Party and I did not align either. But when it comes to the issues at hand, like we need to discuss abortion. We need to discuss our response to the poor and needy. And most definitely as time goes on, like how we as the church are handling the LGBT community and how we're interacting with them, what we can and can't do, what we can and can't agree with. And I don't want to ever be like, I'm going to shut you down because I don't feel comfortable talking about that because that's something that needs to be said. So I know as I move on, like you've probably figured out I lean right. And I say lean right, and that's not code for I'm, you know, uh, super ultra conservative. And I don't want to say that because I don't want people to run away. Like, no, like I lean right. Like there is no party that represents me right now. It is what it is. But I hope that even if we don't one-to-one align on some of these issues, I can at least back up why I believe what I believe with scripture. And if I fail you in that regard, that just means I need to be better at my job. So I've mentioned it a couple of times before, moving on to our next question. Um, but now to get to the nitty gritty, as far as podcasting issues go, what should we, the audience, be aware of? Well, primarily you figured it out just from me having a cough or uh, me moving on and pausing things and hoping that the audio didn't record that. I am not an editor. I'm not an audio editor. I can edit your book every all day long. You know what? Because I understand the English language. I don't understand uh, any of this. So if that is something that uh, it's the audio is too bad for you or you can't handle how I cough every now and then and it gets caught, you know what? I feel no ill will towards you for giving this up. You were allowed to not listen. <laughs> I, I joked about a captive audience, but I, that's what it is, a joke. You can leave whenever you want. And like I said, I will hold no ill will for you. I do the very same thing with podcasts. If the audio quality is downright awful, I go away. I delete it from my library. If there's a host's voice who I cannot stand listening to, as petty as that is, and I know as someone who hates the sound of their own voice, I should do the same to myself, but I get rid of that podcast too. So if either of those things, any of these things mess with you to the point where I can't focus, I can't pay attention, that's fine. I'll see you later on. So that's it. I also cannot afford at this point as a very poor seminary student to have someone competent 
come around to make up for my editing inadequacies. Maybe one day that will happen, but it is not this day. <laughs> now, on a more lighthearted uh, round of things, like besides studying scripture, like what are you, Christian, interested in? Well, a lot of things. I mean, primarily I love writing. I love I love to read. I love playing video games. I love reading Marvel comics, even with what's happening with Spider-Man these days. I love watching the MCU films. I love anime. I love manga. Um, there's a whole ton of other fandoms I'm out there with, and I'll uh, definitely be talking about where I'm also hosting in a bit uh, to let you go that way if that's something that interests you. So I love discussing a lot of things. If you want to talk to me about this, once again, I'll be giving the email in a bit because I also love talking to people about what I like. So let's have that too. Next up, when do I plan on releasing episodes? Well, hopefully, and I stress the word hopefully, I will be releasing these weekly. And once again, that's more me pointing at myself weekly at Monday at 6 a.m. every morning, every Monday. Why that specific time? Well, as I'm pointing at you, three fingers are pointing right back at me on this issue. Monday morning, Christians are the worst people in the world when it comes to remembering what happened on Sunday. And once again, I'm including myself in that regard. So if I can in any way help all of you and help myself remember that church is not a Sunday thing. It is an all week thing. It is an all year thing, an all your entire life thing. That's why I want to start on Monday morning when we're all upset and that we have to go into work. We have to go somewhere else where we don't want to. And I say 6 a.m. I will not be up at 6 a.m. I'll be up at 10 o'clock because I will have gone to sleep at two in the morning because of the insomnia. But it still applies. When I wake up in the morning, what am I thinking of? Am I thinking of what God has in store for me? Or am I thinking of what I have to get done in the day so I can just get whatever I want done? So just something to mull over. Next up, question 13, I believe. Well, where else can we find you, Christian? Well, that is an excellent question as well. As a shameless self-promoter, I am also an occasional round host a roundtable host over at the Whole Church Podcast. It's a real fun place. It's one of the things on my heart that I've been burdened on in recent years is unity within the church and how we could just shut up sometimes and get some work done. Even, you know, oh, all those Catholics, they venerate Mary and the saints. They're, they're basically idol worshipers. Like, no, that's not how it works. Those, those God dang, Goram, Baptists, and they gotta they gotta have full immersion, otherwise it's illegitimate. It's like I don't even think it's illegitimate. I just prefer a full immersion. It's like, look, we start focusing on the pettier stuff and focus more on loving each other and then loving a world that has no love inside of it. We can get a lot more done. That's why I'm so glad that Joshua and TJ have that out there in the whole church podcast. So definitely check them out. They are well worth a listen to. I'm also a co-host there of their spinoff podcast, the Systematic Geekology Podcast. So if that question about my geeky interests really excited you, check out the Systematic Geekology Podcast. It's a wonderful time. You have a whole group of uh, hosts out there with very different interests. It's lovely. I really enjoy doing it. 
Now, I also mentioned that I write, and I do have four books published, all independently published. This is through Amazon, uh, but you can also find those books at starvingwritersguild.com. That's where I'm affiliated with uh, John Early and Barbara Early, my good friends there, they're also writers. So you want to check out and see what I've written, head out that way. Or if you don't want to do that, then head to Amazon.com. I'm under MC Ashley. So, and also as well, hopefully by the time that you're hearing this, I'll have set up a Twitter profile. It'll probably be uh, Let Nothing Move You podcast or something like that. And you go ahead and follow us there. I'll be posting about the show, anything, you know, Christian-wise that's interested me in the week. Final question for anything else. Where can we reach you for questions and concerns? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I've been hinting at it. It's very simple. Go to uh, let nothing move you podcast at gmail.com. Email me there saying, hey, Christian, your audio sucks. I hate you. <laughs> or you can say, hey, I, I know how to edit. I'll do it for free. That would be wonderful. Or maybe along the way, I'll have enough money to actually pay someone to do it. Who knows? Or like, hey, I wanted you said this in the topic today uh, in Luke, and I wanted to hear more about what you had to say. I'm all open for that. Or I disagree with what you had to say. Like, please, if you disagree, feel free to contact me. I am well open to constructive criticism. I want to hear what you have to say, and I want us all to be discussing it. Because if we're discussing things like this, that's good. So, and with that in mind, God bless you all in accordance to his will and not mine, and allow me one more time to remind you, let nothing move you.